This is our third Sunday of Advent. We've been focusing on Advent. Um, we, I, I do it between Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas. Technically, this is the second Sunday of Advent if you are used to a, a more formal church. Um, those of us who are less formal, this is the third Sunday of Advent because you put up with, because you put up with me. So um, those of you who haven't been with us for the past uh, couple of weeks as we've been focusing on Advent, it's that time of preparation and expectation that has a determined focus, really. The focus is, for us, it's, it's two ways. We look back uh, and to the birth of Christ, which is celebrated at Christmas. So as we're approaching Christmas, you have that Advent time, which is a symbol, a symbolic for us of the waiting of the Messiah coming. But also the reality of it is like the one song we just sang, looking for his return. One day he is coming again. You know, he will come again. And so we're looking forward and it has that two-prong aspect for us. As we celebrate his birth but also look forward to his coming again, our theme throughout this series has been the star, as you see there. Uh, it drew the wise men towards the, toward the Savior. And as we're looking at it, we want it to be our reminder to focus on, on hope, love, joy, peace, and on Christmas Eve, we're going to focus on light. All of that connects us to really the morning star. That's how one of the names given to the Messiah, uh, the lighted, you know, the light of the world, Jesus. As we continue to journey towards celebrating Christmas and Jesus first coming as our Savior, uh, we're, today we're going to focus on joy. Uh, joy can be a, a fuel that focuses us uh, on a lot of things, motivates us forward, gets us uh, going along the way on that journey. Uh, it can be a fascinating reality in our lives, but it's also misunderstood. Too often we confuse joy and happiness. Happiness is quite often tied to our circumstances, and if the circumstances warrant, then we decide that we'll be happy. Uh, but happiness and, and joy really are two separate things. You can still have joy even though the circumstances around you may not lend itself uh, to happiness, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as we get into this. Let's pray, and then we'll begin looking uh, a little bit more specifically at this subject. Father, thank you that you, in your wisdom and grace, provided for us in Christ. We thank you that uh, we have that we have that privilege of looking back and being able to put some of the pieces together that they didn't as they were going through this. I can't imagine what it would have been like had had I been there. Uh, when when Jesus was born, and would I even have realized it? Would I would would I even have understood what was happening? We sit in an advantageous spot, being able to glance back on some of those things. Now, as we look forward, the confusion becomes a little more clear. Is uh, there's there's a lot of different thoughts and opinions on when you might come back. What we need to do, though, is see how you have called us to live here and now. Uh, so guide us and guide our thoughts as we look into your word, as we uh, share different things. Uh, I pray that you would use what I say, not, not that uh, people will be, will be drawn or impressed to what I say, but that they will be drawn and impressed by you and the great God you are and the loving God you are. Reveal your word in your heart to us more and more, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now, joy regularly shows up at those times and those situations where sometimes we least expect it. Uh, you know, when circumstances and a situation may not seem to support joy. For example, I don't know if you've ever noticed uh, when you see angels appear in Scripture, quite often some of the first words out of their mouths are, don't be afraid. Uh, you know, you think, well, this would be a joyous time. Uh, and, and what we have is, you know, those words, don't be afraid. 
In fact, as you read through the account of Jesus' birth in the Gospels, you see that Mary, Joseph, and all the shepherds heard those words from the angels, uh, don't be afraid. What we're going to look at today is probably the most familiar passage uh, regarding this, and that's in Luke chapter 2, if you want to turn there. Luke chapter 2, if you're using a pew Bible, it's on page 942. In the Pew Bible, if you have Charlie Brown, if you have Linus memorized uh, in the Charlie Brown Christmas, then um, you know you can go ahead and do that. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is the the version that's in the pew in front of you there, um, and it's about the shepherds, and they give us a really good picture of the whole experience of joy and 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 how some of that comes about now we need to understand a little bit about the shepherds they were no cowardly men these that these were not wimpy people in fact they were quite the opposite of wimpy people they were rugged men they were used to living outdoors they were used to living in wild areas uh, they were the ones who fought off the predators they protected the sheep uh, from from wild animals as well as from thieves and robbers and the weather so they had to be ready for anything there think of them as maybe the secret service for the sheep i was i was just thinking about that you know they uh, you have that they're watching over them and they're protecting them they will do what they can they would put themselves in danger they put themselves between the danger and the sheep in order to protect the sheep so what we have here is not a bunch of wimpy people we have some people who really have some uh, fortitude to them and some and some uh some backbone here and in this biblical account uh, there is more than one of them they have a little it's always nice when you're facing a troubling situation to have somebody else with you they were told it's shepherds plural <coughs> so we're not exactly sure how many were there but what would a common thing for them to do is at night they would they would bring many uh, flocks of sheep i guess they're flocks of sheep flocks herd groups a bunch of these sheep would get together and uh, the shepherds from the various uh, flocks of sheep then would would all be together and it made it a little easier for them to be able to watch over that and to be able to protect from many different angles and uh, so they were told that these shepherds were together here and they uh, you know they're sitting there in the darkness and if you've been out away from uh, city lights you know how darkness dark can get sometimes and that's where they're at and the angel appears in the night sky and uh, while they still were rugged guys they, they kind of went weak in the knees um, so let's reading and beginning in verse 8 follow along with me it says in the same region shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I like the way the King James translates that. <coughs> it says that they were sore afraid. Sore afraid. Uh, you, ever been so, you ever been so scared it hurts? Uh, sore afraid. Now, that's not really the meaning of that phrase. It just means that they were, you know, that they were really scared here. Uh, so verse 10. It says, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. See, there's those words. You know, don't be afraid for, look, I proclaim to you news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born to you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. That's what a manger is. A manger is a feeding trough, the, the, what the animals ate out of. It's not the building. It's the, you know, the food dish, if you will. Verse 13, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God as if it wasn't scary enough to just be confronted by one angel. Now they are confronted by the heavenly hosts. And he's saying in verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. 
When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I'd want to get out of there too. So verse 16, they hurried off, found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Now, the angels were told they received good news. You know, it was good news for these guys. In fact, it says that it was good news of great joy, and it was for all the people. Now, they were the ones who received that. They were the ones who, who were the, the initial recipients of this, great news, of this good news of great joy. The angels, the angel comes, you know, in his group, they come in peace with the world's greatest birth announcement here, really, that Jesus is here. But first, he had to help the shepherds get over their fear so they could realize the impact of this message. After he told them the good news, it says, suddenly the whole sky is filled with angels and the angels erupted with joy. Now, if you've ever heard anybody erupt with joy, it can be a little bit of a frightening thing sometimes. Yesterday, Jenny and I were sitting in the, in, uh, the, the living room. Um, the builder calls it the great room. I call it whatever you want. It's the, the, the room that's not the kitchen. And so we were sitting there, and I could see out and back, and we were talking about something. Jenny's back was, was to the sliding glass doors, and some deer ran by. Now, so I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and I look again, and sure enough, there were, and I go, deer! And she jumps, you know, like, what? Because that's how I will refer to her sometimes. And I said it again, deer, what? She says, and I said, no, dear, you know, and I ran out to the, to the other room to see which, you know, the way they were headed and wanted to see them. So here, you know, these the, the shepherds are out there. An angel comes, announces the birth. Suddenly the sky is filled. You know, the sky is filled with angels proclaiming the praises of God. I, I, I can only imagine that this had to be more than a little bit unsettling uh, uh, for them. And that's really the, the part we're, we're starting with here because, you know, we, we need to grasp some aspects of joy. Uh, one is, uh, first of all, that, that joy and pain coexist. Joy and pain coexist. Now stick with me for a moment on this. Um, it'll, it'll pull together for you in a second here. Uh, there's a lot of different organizations, some really amazing organizations around the world. Uh, they work to bring water to those places without clean water. We, we are not used to that because we turn on the faucet and, you know, water comes out. And in the springtime in the city of Fort Wayne, one of the things we found when we moved here, we kept yelling at Peter for not flushing the toilet. And little did we know that's the color of the water came out in the spring because of the overflow uh, you know, of things. Uh, and that, you know, they tell you it's perfectly safe to drink. I took their word for it because there wasn't any other choice. Uh, but see, we're used to that. So we, we lose what it's like to have unsafe drinking water. It, it, it contributes to illness, uh, you know, for millions, millions of people. Uh, you know, they, they drink putrid water, and it causes death, illnesses. It limits opportunities for women and children. Women and children are usually the ones who are tasked with the responsibility of going to get water because it doesn't come out of the faucet, and they have to go down to wherever it is that they're collecting water and hauling it for the families. And if you've ever hauled water... Uh, you know how much water it can take. 
when Ginny and I would go, we used to go camping up in the Boundary Waters, we had to get our own water out of the, the different lakes and ponds there. And uh, you, you learn a lot of how much we waste water uh, when you have to go and, and get it, you know, every time you want something like this. Well, there's a lot of countries in the world that do that. And these are, you know, some of the reasons that these, these nonprofit organizations, they work to bring clean water to villages around the world. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever seen the reaction? Watch, this, watch the reaction when uh, clean water comes. I hope we got the sound on. you see there is pure joy Uh, that's what you see there is is pure joy the reactions they have the smiles on their faces but here's the connection joy and pain coexist even though they have fresh water so many other aspects of their life don't change they don't change the water is there and it helps them to cope with hardships and pain, but they're filled with joy because that clean water impacts every other area of their life, you see. It affects their health, it brings safety, it gives them opportunity, you know, and it is affected. And while they, you know, their situation, their immediate living situation really is improved by that water there, it touches every aspect of it, but they still, they are still living in the same place they did, faced with many of the same challenges that they were still faced with, going through the same struggles that they did before. But that, that water comes and, and it, it affects everything. Now, the reality for us, the reality for us with all of this is the fact that, you know, Jesus is here. And the fact that Jesus is here impacts every part of our life. Every part of our life for the reality that he's here. It's a strange thing about joy. You know, it seems like a natural reaction for most of us to think that joy could only come when pain is removed, but that's not the reality. The reality is in our fallen world, joy and pain exist side by side. In fact, there's really no way to separate ourselves from it. They are both there. Our lives are in that constant tension of joy and pain as we walk through the experiences of life. In fact, a lot of times it's that reality of pain that magnifies the power of joy that comes. It, it, it helps us and it sees it, you know, and, and here's the dichotomy for us, you know, that the, the message of the angel that he's bringing here, he, it's for us as well. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The Messiah has come. Do not be afraid. Jesus is here. 
So what circumstances in your, in your life are causing you to fear? What is it that you're afraid of? What, what, what's going on, you know, where the pain seems to be so real it's overshadowing that presence of joy? What's causing life to seem like it's spinning out of control? Those are the places, those are the exact places where the words of the angel can penetrate most deeply and most powerfully. That message is for you. The message is for us. Do not be afraid. Jesus is here. You know, you don't have to fear. Jesus is here. There is good news of great joy. Jesus is here. And that is good news for you. And it has that potential of affecting everything we are, everything we do, everything we face. We have that, we have in, in the, uh, the book of James, it takes the concept just a little bit further. Uh, he says that we're to consider the trials that we face great joy. He says, consider great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature complete lacking nothing really facing trials great consider that great joy some of the translations say pure joy like you saw those 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 people had when they saw that water was there and the difference it makes and that erupting into pure joy great joy now this isn't a suggestion that you fake that you you fake it and slap a fake smile on your face, you know, in, in the midst of, uh, of, you know, of heartache and pain and deep pain. That would be cruel. It would be cruel to expect that of us. And God doesn't expect that of us. But it's an encouragement that even in the midst of hardship, that there is a longer view, that there is a broader perspective that shows that our trials can lead us to grow and become mature in our faith. That those trials can be the, 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 what leads us oftentimes to greater joy. And while growth isn't easy, you know, and it sometimes isn't fun, they talk about growing pains for kids. There's growing pains as adults, isn't there? And it's not physical. It's here. And it hurts. And the reality is that when we understand a little bit more, we can be filled with joy. It's that realization that Jesus is here. Not just here came to earth, but he's here with us. Everywhere. Always. He's here. It's that understanding that his presence impacts all of life for us. Now when I'm saying this, you need to realize the reality of this is it's for those in a relationship with Jesus. You can have something that you never, I was going to say, take advantage of, that you never use, you never utilize. And then it says, if you didn't have it. So we're talking about those in a relationship with Jesus. This is where, this is where the, 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 the joy that we're talking about comes from. It comes from that, that ongoing relationship with him. And those who have that relationship with him, who realize not only that he's come, but that we can have this relationship with him, that's where it begins to make the difference. As, as we walk in relationship with God, you know, we can grow to experience that deeper sense of joy. And it comes from understanding that there is more than the pain we're facing. That broader perspective, there is more than what it is we're going through. Jesus is here. And that is the deeper reality that's at work. 
It is that unseen source of life flowing within us that can nourish us, refresh us, cleanse us, and renew us. Much like the clean water in that place of hardships that we just saw. You know, they have sickness, they have death still. But when we realize that Jesus is here, joy can coexist with pain because Jesus is here. Now, what exactly does that look like? You know, let's unfold that a little bit more. One of the things we need to grasp a hold of is the reality that joy is for sharing. It's for sharing. Now, remember the joy on their faces in, in all of those pictures? One of the things, you didn't see anybody alone there. There were always other, others with them. There were always other people there with them. You know, they're not going through that alone. And what we have, you know, is that, that, that joy, you know, is for sharing. You know, they're, they're not just one person there who's excited. It's the whole village. And the same is true about the good news of Christ and Christmas. Jesus is here. It says that this is good news of great joy for all people. <coughs> Excuse me, for all people. Jesus is here. The shepherds couldn't help but tell others. It says when they left that they spread this news concerning him because they couldn't help but tell others because of the joy, because Jesus is here. It's that that life-giving joy. It's meant to bubble over. It's meant to touch others. You know, it it can't help itself. It's something that comes out naturally. Everyone has that chance to, to embrace joy, to be affected by joy, because Jesus is here and Jesus came to save all. Everyone has that opportunity of life with Jesus. Everyone has that opportunity of living in the reality that Jesus is here. Not just the head knowledge, but living in the reality that when you leave this place, that when you are, when you are out and this, I was going to say bonehead or knucklehead or whatever it is, cuts you off. You know, or the, 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 the clerk at the store or the waiter at the restaurant is, you know, it's just crabby. It happens, doesn't it? You know how you can tell? Because you get crabby. And even when you get crabby, you have to go on with life. And life happens for them just as it does for us. And we had that opportunity, you know, we have this opportunity here to, to, to let that, to let, let it go on. You know, we, we, we embrace what it is. We live in a relationship with Jesus and we live in the reality of the fact that he is here. And it begins to grasp us and get a hold of us and change us. You know, and then it's a joy that cannot, it should not be contained. It should be shared. Jesus is here. In fact, coming, you know, the coming of Jesus, the promise of his second coming, it should be a source of joy to all creation. That's what it tells us. You know, he came to set things right. He came to redeem the entire world from sin. That's why he came. He came for the purpose of redeeming the world so that we can have this relationship with him. And the good news isn't just for the shepherds. It isn't just for Americans. It's, you know, and it isn't even just for all Christians. It's for everyone. It's good news for all men. Good news for the world, for everyone. Jesus is here. And joy can't be contained. It can't be contained by borders, by nationalities, by governments. It can't be, it can't be stopped. The psalmist talks about this in Psalm 96. It says, uh, Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and all that it fills resound. Let the fields and everything in them exult. Then all the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and his peoples with faithfulness. Notice it says, Be glad, rejoice. Shout for joy. 
You see, fear and pain isolate us, but joy is for sharing. You know, and it's for sharing, and when we do it, it brings connections. It helps us. You know, the, the joy of Jesus coming goes out to all the earth. It says, Jesus is here, connecting us to himself and to each other as we share that joy. Another thought on joy, and that's that joy leads us to worship. There's the response to joy. You know, what, what do we do when joy interrupts our everyday life, sets up its camp along the mundane, along the painful, you know, and, and, and then all of a sudden there's, how do you live in the tension of joy and pain until Jesus comes again? How do we embrace, you know, how do we embrace and experience the joy that is offered to us? Sometimes it's easy to embrace joy, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is most difficult. Because the struggles, the hurts, they're so overwhelming, we get trapped by fear or pain. And we get trapped into that. Sometimes joy can feel so far away, so distant, sometimes it seems impossible. As I was beginning to work on the message this week, um, you know, we started out the week with some tough news. And then it came in rapid succession. Look down the right side in the bulletin sometime and, and look at those at, at the prayer and encouragement and look at those things and those all came in one after another after another after another after another this week. And then I went I, I went and I started to work on this message message of joy and I'm telling you I needed it because we can get knocked down by the pain by the struggles that goes on in our life and by in the life of those we love and we care about. And joy can seem a very distant, not even reality sometimes. But the Bible shows us, you know, the appropriate response to that pain and struggle as we connect with God and realize that Jesus is here and that joy comes. And the response to joy is worship. I also think worship can jumpstart our joy. You know, worship can take us from that spot where we struggle to that place of joy as we fix our eyes on God, the greater reality, you know, rather than on the immediate problems we face. Now, I'm not saying that you ignore problems, or, and I'm not saying they're insignificant. <coughs> what I am saying is don't let these very real problems, don't let these very real hurts, don't let these very real struggles cause you to forget that Jesus is here. Don't let them steal that from you. Not that he is off somewhere else, but that he is here now. He is with us now. He is with us as we, as we face these challenges. In the passage that we read from the shepherds, about the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, the angels announced the good news of great joy. The entire, the entire host praised God. And it says then the shepherds went immediately to see Jesus. And they were told, it says they worshipped him. And then they left telling others about everything they saw, everything that was there. They told them about the Messiah, that Christ had come. They told them that Jesus is here. They were going back, you see, to that mundane life that all of a sudden wasn't quite so mundane anymore. 
They went back to doing the things that shepherds do. They went back to those fields. They went back to fulfilling their responsibilities. They went back to that job. They went back to facing, you know, facing the elements you know, of what was there to, to, to work against, uh, against joy. They went back to, you know, to whatever the weather was. They went back to whatever the wild animals were there. They went back to whatever, whatever you know, thieves were going to try to come and break in and steal. And yet they went back with this whole new reality, the fact that Jesus is here. And it makes all the difference. The Messiah had come. The Christ. Jesus is here. A while after the shepherds, um, we're told that the, Matthew tells us the wise men, the magi, came. You know, we do a little program here, and you have the manger, you know, your manger scene at home, and the wise men are there. They came a little while after that. Matthew chapter 2, this is part of what we're told about it. It says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. You see, that joy beyond measure. They hadn't seen, they hadn't seen Jesus yet. But when they saw that, they were overjoyed. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped. They worshipped him. Think about the time when Jesus was born for a moment and just think of what some of this might have looked like. You know, when the shepherds came, maybe they, you know, we're not told, but maybe they broke out into a Jewish song of praise because they realized the Messiah was there. Eight days later, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. And as they take him to, it says, as was the custom. And as they're doing that, they're, they're met by, they're Simeon, they're met by Anna. And what do they do? They prophesy and they talk about this child. And they give praise to God and worship to God because Jesus is here. And then here we have the picture, you know, sometime later, these wise men, exotically dressed sages come kneeling before him. Maybe they're praying aloud. We don't know. We're not told. But as they realize Jesus is here, they let, God, they let God's message of joy penetrate them deeply and, and, and sweep away their fears. They were drawn joyously toward God himself when they realized Jesus is here. It drew them, it lifted them up, life-giving, flowing joy, which is possible because Jesus is here. Now, the reality of Advent in the, you know, this Advent season is that we can experience the same thing. As we journey towards celebrating the birth of Christ and living the truth that Jesus is here, the good news, the good news of his arrival, the salvation he brings, Peter, one of his disciples, after Jesus was resurrected and after he was, was raised, and Peter wrote to some of those who were, who were scattered and uh, believers, he said, you love him because you have seen you, and you have, though you have not seen him, and though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You may be sitting here today thinking, you know, all that's great, but I'm really not experiencing joy in my life. You know, it's good for you, preacher boy, but uh, it just ain't happening. It just ain't happening for me. You know, I, I get it. I get it. We live in a world that is broken, that is fallen, and it stands at odds with the joy of Christ. 
You know, in, in life on earth, we straddle this tension of our physical and our spiritual realities. And in this season, you know, it's about good news and great joy. It leads to connection, worship. It can be very difficult and we can be very, very lonely for many. It can be a time that people hate, not love. So what do we do when we find ourselves there? Three practical steps for you we're going to look at as we wrap this up. First is take time to connect with others. Fight that urge. Fight that urge to stay home. Fight that urge to avoid people. We need people. Joy is, you may not need many, but we all need some people. Joy can be contagious. Just like the angels there, they were messengers. They sparked joy in, you know, in various humans there. You, know. uh, you, you, can have, you can have a friend. You can have loved ones. Even a complete stranger can spark joy in you, can be the bringer of joy for you. You know, that, that, that person's experience of joy can rub off on you. So instead of letting your own situation or fear and pain isolate you, allow yourself to step in and connect with the joy of others. Others in this room are a great place to start. You know, to be able to connect with others, to be able to take some time, to have somebody to listen, someone to pray, expressing our worship. You know, connect with others. Another thing, take time. Take time, you know, and make the choice to be purposely thankful. Purposely thankful. Gratitude has a way of reminding us, you know, of joy and the reasons we have to rejoice even in the midst of pain. To rejoice. Rejoice. Isn't, that's a great word, isn't it? Rejoice. That we can rejoice. It's a verb. It's an action word. It's, it's action. It carries a prefix, you know, that indicates repetition. Rejoice. Rebind. Rewind. See, you do this again and again. Rejoice, it says. It's a joy that's practiced. It's a joy that's repeated. When has God filled your heart with joy in the past? Call those to mind, those times when he has filled you. What are his graces, his good gifts to you today in your current life? Even in the midst of some of the struggles and the challenges, even in the midst of some of the pain, what are his good gifts to you? Focus on what he has and what he is showing you about his goodness. You know, make a written list if you do. There's some application questions at the end of the outline in the bulletin for you, and this deals with one of them there. Make a list of those good things God has done for you. Keep it with you. Read it throughout the day. Give, use it as an opportunity to give thanks to God. And then don't be surprised as God begins to change your outlook and change, you, change that, 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 that struggle into joy. And the third thing is worship God for who he is. The circumstances of life can steal our joy. The circumstances of life can rain down on us, but even in the darkest times, we can, we can worship God for who he is. Not for what he's done for us, but for who he is. We may feel like he's not doing much, but we can still worship him for who he is, and it will help us to see what it is he is doing. You know, his eternal love, his faithfulness, they never change you know, with the events of our life. His faithfulness remains. With the struggles that we have, he is always still there. His goodness, his mercy never run out. Jesus is here, and it impacts every aspect of life for those in a relationship with him. 
continue to journey toward Christmas and with the reminder that Jesus is here. That's the reminder of Christmas. Jesus is here. Open your hearts. Open your hearts to the God of the universe, the one who, who, is, who came to earth so that we could live in a relationship with him and experience the joy and experience the life that he brings. Jesus is here. And that makes all the difference. Let's pray.